0: Uh, This morning, we're going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. We're just looking at the first part of it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm sure most of you know this um, passage of scripture very well. Let's have a look at it together. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through to 4. And it came to pass that, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Familiar words? Just recently, in fact last week it was, I was listening to a Uh, a Christian podcaster. He's an American. His background is uh, he's from the Southern Baptists in America. And he was interviewing a very well-known Anglican minister, Calvin Robinson. I don't know if you know Calvin Robinson, I'm saying. Very well known. He's certainly made a name for himself in recent times. For all the right reasons, I would hasten to add. It was a very cordial interview, despite the denominational differences. They both stood fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. To the delight of the Anglican, the Baptist confessed that he is an avid reader of the 1662 Book of Common Prayer. As Baptists the tendency might be for us to reject any form of liturgy such as can be found in the Book of Common Prayer. But, but, who in here is able to find fault with the following prayer that I've lifted out of the Book of Common Prayer? Listen to this. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep, Is there anyone in here who would struggle to add their amen to those words? One of the things that the Anglican minister said that stuck in my mind, he was talking for an hour or so, but one of the things, and it was near the beginning, that stuck with me, is that we shouldn't just pray to God when we feel like it. What about the times when we don't feel like it? I would add, what about the times when we don't feel like praying because our hearts are burdened by sin? Because we've strayed and our hearts are dry. And we're like the psalmist. My bones waxed old through my roaring all day long and his, his tongue stuck to the top of his mouth. What about those times? Surely, if we pray a penitential prayer, such as can be found in the Book of Common Prayer, that can't be a bad thing. And by saying pray, I mean precisely that. I don't mean just simply opening the Book of Common Prayer or some other liturgy and just reading it, but praying thoughtfully. This morning, as we continue with our studies in Luke's Gospel, we're going to start looking at a prayer that the Lord Jesus Christ taught his disciples to pray, and which is commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer, even though it's not a prayer that the sinless Saviour would ever have prayed for himself. Just look at verse 4. Forgive us our sins. Can you imagine the Lord Jesus Christ ever having the need to pray that. Of course not. He was without sin. He is without sin. It was and is a prayer for Christians to pray, given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. Quite a few of the Bible commentators emphasise that the Lord's Prayer is just a model for your own prayer, nothing more than a model, a framework for you to use. For your own prayer. I don't buy that. I learnt the Lord's Prayer as a young child. In the good old days. When it was taught. And prayed in schools. And all these days late, All these years later. I still pray it. Just about every day of the week. And invariably. That prayer launches me. Into further prayer. Certainly the Lord Jesus Christ. Warned against. Vain repetition, he warned against babbling babbling on when praying, which is something that I can very easily be guilty of and I have to guard against when I'm in the pulpit. But surely when you pray the Lord's Prayer from the heart and you do so with your mind engaged, it can never be regarded as vain repetition or babbling on, even if you pray it every day as I do, after all the Lord's Prayer is the Word of God, literally the Word of God how can it be wrong to pray the Word of God today we shall do no more than look at the first sentence of the Lord's Prayer our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, first of all Let's consider our Father. There are those who would argue that prayer is a private matter and they might quote Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. This is the the Sermon on the Mount passage where the Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, we can see that the very first words, the first words of the Lord's Prayer are our Father. That's how we have it in our translations. Our Father. I don't say our Father when I'm praying it alone. I just say Father. But clearly it is, as we see in our Bibles, with the word our, a corporate prayer. A prayer that we can pray together. If you look at the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 6, the passage that I just read to you from the Sermon in the Mount, on the Mount, you'll see that Jesus was not warning against praying together as we do here on Wednesday evenings at the prayer meeting. And Jesus wasn't warning against pastors praying from the pulpit. Jesus was warning against making a big show of praying in order to be seen and praised by men. That's something that we all need to guard against, praying horizontally instead of praying vertically towards heaven. Ideally, when I pray a prayer from the pulpit and you're listening, you make it your prayer as well and you add your Amen. That's what we do. Coming back to the Lord's Prayer, we might easily say it without giving any thought to what we're actually praying, just like we might do with a prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. And just as we might do, pray without thinking, as we might perhaps, I say we, I know I might do when I'm singing a hymn, I can sing a hymn with several verses and at the end of it I couldn't even begin to tell you what I've just sung, where I'm not really engaging my mind or I'll even forget midway through the hymn what verse we're on, that is not the way to pray the Lord's Prayer. Unlike a hymn, the Lord's Prayer is the Word of God, as I've already said, and every word of it has proceeded from the mouth of the infinitely wise Son of God. Yet we can very easily fail to consider some of the words and the deep spiritual truth that they convey. You know, when Jesus was teaching His disciples to pray, and He said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, and so on, Jesus wasn't just choosing some random words there to teach them. Those words were coming from the mouth of the incarnate Son of God. Look again at the first two words, our Father. That speaks of a uniquely Christian relationship with God, knowing and addressing God as Father. Only the born-again Christian has that kind of relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. And that is because it is the consequence of being reconciled to God by the Lord Jesus Christ. As the Apostle John said about the Jews who did trust in Jesus, many of them rejected, most of them rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. But concerning the Jews who did trust in the Lord Jesus Christ the Apostle John said but as many as received him to them gave he power that is the right or the privilege to become sons of God even to them that believe on his name so when we trust in Jesus he gives us the power to become sons of God children of God Similarly, the Apostle Paul said, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Even though I learnt and recited the Lord's Prayer as an unbelieving child, and perhaps occasionally I recited the Lord's Prayer as an unregenerate adult, I can see that it is only by faith in Jesus that anyone can legitimately address God as Father And if that relationship, that father-child relationship, father-son relationship is not in place, if God is not your father, then this prayer is not really for you, is it? There are millions of people who make no pretense to know the only true God, or even their false gods as father. For example, you'll never hear a Muslim on his prayer mat, on his prayer mat saying, Father. They'll be quite offended with you, as they were with me in London, when I referred to God as my Father. They don't have that relationship. It's not something that they can comprehend. Neither will you hear a JW referring to his God, or God's, when you, you look into their religion. You'll never refer, you'll never hear a JW referring to his God as Father. On the other hand, there are those who vainly address God as Father, even though they have no interest in the Saviour's blood, as was the case with me when I prayed the Lord's Prayer as an unbeliever. Not surprisingly, before I believed, the name Father when I referred to God as Father, that never really rolled off my tongue, having proceeded from a heart that was filled with thanksgiving and a heart where the Lord Jesus Christ dwelt by grace. It just came from my mouth, empty words, Father, which art in heaven. didn't really mean anything to me. I cannot overstress how wonderful it is to know and address God as Father. And I'm sure that all you children of God will add your Amen to that. Knowing God as Father. Can there be anything more wonderful than having that relationship with God, the creator of heaven and earth? I remember years ago I was talking to teenagers at a youth club at the mission hall that I ran in east london i was talking to them about how they could know god as their heavenly father through faith in the lord jesus christ when a colleague of mine she started whispering in my ear that most of those teens didn't even have an earthly father she thought i was being insensitive talking to them about knowing god as father when they didn't most of them didn't have a father of their, in their lives And she tried to stop me, but she failed. As far as I'm concerned, everybody should hear about having peace with God, being reconciled to God, and knowing God as Father through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody, and that includes teenagers whose earthly fathers may have died or may have run away from their parental responsibilities. There's no one in this world who doesn't need to know about have, knowing God as Father. Secondly, we can look at the holiness of God. Look again at um, verse 2. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. The psalmist said of the Lord, Holy and reverend is thy name. And here in verse two, you are being taught to pray, hallowed be thy name. When you pray those words, you're praying for God's name to be esteemed holy everywhere instead of it being blasphemed by so many people as they rebel against God and against his Christ. That the unbelieving world does not esteem us holy the name of the only true God, though it is inexcusable, it is to be expected. But what about the children of God? What about those who do actually know God as their father? They of all people can be expected to take off their shoes in the presence of a holy God who is a consuming fire. You don't expect the unbelieving world to take off their shoes In the presence of God. But Christians you do. I would expect it. Who else is going to. If the Christian doesn't. As it is written in Psalm 89 and verse 7. God is greatly to be feared. In the assembly of the saints. And to be had in reverence. Of all them that are about him. God is not going to be feared in the assembly of the wicked, but he is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. Dear Christian, that leaves no room for flippancy when you come to God in prayer, even though God is your loving Heavenly Father, even though the Lord Jesus Christ, or rather, even the Lord Jesus Christ in his high priestly prayer, addressed God as Holy Father. John chapter 17. John 17. Jesus addresses God as Holy Father. The Roman Catholics, they've, um, they use those words when they address the Bishop of Rome, the Pope. But Jesus used those words when he addressed his Father in Heaven. Holy Father. Yet for all that, I have heard professing Christians on pally terms with God in their prayers. And that is beyond being cringeworthy. It's extremely irreverent, at the very least, when you have that pally relationship with God. Hallowed be his name. Dear Christian, if God, who is holy, really is your heavenly Father, then do you pray for holiness in your life as one of his children? Is that something you desire, you earnestly desire, to be holy as your Father in heaven is holy? Do you pray for holiness to the end that you might live a born-again life that is set apart from the things of this world, a life which is consecrated to God? As he which have called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation and conduct. When that happens, with God working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure, you will inevitably hallow your heavenly Father's name by living a life that confirms that God really is your Father. If you're not trusting in Jesus as your saviour from sin, whom do you imagine you are praying to, if indeed you pray at all, bearing in mind that God is not your heavenly Father? Also, what do you pray for? Perhaps you pray for good health if you're not trusting in Jesus? You pray for good health, for exam success, for earthly riches, despite the fact that you have no interest in the Saviour's blood and despite the fact that the wrath of God abides on you. How should you pray if you're not trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ? For one thing, You can cut the pretense of calling God Father. We've spent our time this morning looking at the first sentence of the Lord's Prayer which starts with the words Our Father, but if that does not apply to you if God is not your Father then there is another very good prayer that does apply to you. It's in Luke chapter 18 it's a prayer that was spoken by a tax collector in the temple. The words were said by a tax collector. He could not even look up to heaven. He simply beat his chest as he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Not Father, but God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That was his prayer, just seven words in our English translation. And that word merciful means appeasement. Or the taking away of God's holy and righteous anger. How about you show repentance towards God as that tax collector did when he beat his chest. How about you pray those words, God be merciful to me a sinner. Believing that the Lord Jesus Christ has satisfied the righteous anger of God towards you by bearing your sins in his own body and by reconciling you to God by the blood of his cross. Then, by the grace of God, you will have a peace that passes all understanding as a child of God, knowing God as your heavenly Father, having been saved and justified through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we finish, we can consider Jesus, whom you are to believe in. Jesus is on record in the four gospel books as addressing God as Father about 60 times. However, there was a very notable exception. That was at the cross. When Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was a time when it pleased God to bruise him, to bruise bruise the Lord Jesus Christ and to lay upon him the iniquity or the depravity of everyone who would ever trust in him for the forgiveness of their sins. Last of all, none of you will have an earthly father forevermore. My father died when I was 34 years of age. But what we've been considering this morning, knowing your maker as your father, is of eternal significance. It cannot be ignored. Therefore repent, trust in his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that Jesus was wounded for your transgressions, that he was bruised for your iniquity, and you will know God as your father, and the Father, God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. That same God will be your God. He will be your Father. Then you will be at liberty to join with the saints in here, who, with thanksgiving in their heart, sing praises to God, their Heavenly Father, who has loved them with an everlasting love, and has sent his only begotten Son into the world, to take away their sins and to clothe them in his righteousness, making them acceptable to God and giving them the power to know God as their Father. Amen.